Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. Uh, got a guest host in today. <clears throat> Gadsby, Gadsby, Lee Gadsby from Gadsby's England podcast. Thank you, Lee, for filling in. You're welcome. Not a problem at all. Yeah, Harrison is MIA. I was going to say. He's missing an action. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with the guy these days. Uh, you didn't listen to last week's show, but he was out of sorts. He was weird last week. I, he was, it was weird. I, I at one point, I, I remember I was like, did you fall asleep? Like, are you sleeping over there? Because he, he was so quiet. He got all quiet, and he barely said anything. And I was just like, well, what's going on over there? And then, so, and we finished the show. We didn't do Patreon. So the next day, we were supposed to do Patreon on Monday, uh, the Patreon content. And he texted me like at, I don't know, like at noon, and it was like, I need a break from this. And so I was like, are you all right, dude? What's going on? No response. I haven't heard from him since. Can I offer, you know, my possible six cents worth explanation? Well, I probably already know. I have a theory. I have a theory. What's your theory? Uh, he's a cunt. <laughs> question mark. Cunt, huh? I don't think that. That's not my theory. Here's my I theory. put a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> Here, I'm sure he thinks the exact same thing about you. Um, exactly. <laughs> he's supposed to deliver, back to when he delivered you, something for me. Yeah, when you hired him to process serve and you guys yeah. got in this dispute. Yeah, well, he put, he, he's supposed to film himself. He's supposed to film serving the guy. And he had it on, he had it, the camera turned around towards his face. <laughs> like such narcissistic he, behavior, a, isn't it? No, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You he selfie a process serve. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then you tried to like, did you try to like, uh, like not pay him or, or pay him half of what you promised? Any good you know, person should would always try to keep their money and try and con the try other to person. Jew not, him down. Try to chew him down to nothing. Can't believe you'd do that. Yeah, well. And then you're calling him. I a learned cunt. from the that, best. That is some, that's what the Jews call chutzpah. Right there. <laughs> but that that's not my theory. My theory. Here's my theory. So recently, about two weeks ago, Harrison got hair plugs. He got hair plugs. They've caused him a lot of pain. He said he got his hair plugs from like the back of his, like they took a strip of like hair, skin, like the back of his scalp and put it on the front, like grafted it. Oh, that's great. Oh, it's like a huge procedure. He like, yeah, he was like, I mean, it's like a 12 hour thing. This is my theory. Here's my theory. I don't think he got hair from the back of his scalp. I think what happened is he got a donor strip of hair. A boner strip of hair? No, a donor, a donor, uh, like from uh, a corpse. Uh, okay. I think yeah. he, got a, he got a donor strip of hair from recently executed death row prisoner Daniel Lewis Lee. I don't know if Daniel you know the, Lewis? Have you seen this guy? He was, he was uh, executed um, on July 14th. So July 14th of this year, he was executed. This guy, he was an American white supremacist, convicted murder, sentenced to death, and executed for the murders of uh, William Frederick Mueller, the whole Mueller family. 
William Frederick Mueller, Nancy Mueller, the, the wife, their daughter. Yeah, so, he like they murdered the whole family in their home. But he, apart from that. <laughs> anyway, this is my theory. The guy, he's covered in like swastika tattoos. He's got like a clouded eye. Like the guy looks like an evil white supremacist murderer. I think Harrison got like a strip of hair from this guy's, I don't know, maybe his, well, no, the guy's bald, his taint, like probably over there. He uh-huh. got it attached to his head. And I think what's happening, the hair's taking over. It's it's becoming a part of, have you ever, have you ever heard of this Oh, so happening? it's becoming like a piece of performance art then? As, well, as no, it it's, be, it's becoming, it's corrupting him because it's belonged to an mm. evil white supremacist. So I think what's happening, he's all up, he's up all night now. Threatening Jews online, <laughs> shopping for Nazi memorabilia, wearing a Su- white sheet, going yeah. out with a white sheet, suggesting yeah. that the Holocaust is a Jewish hoax. Well, I mean, that's come, come to think of it, isn't this like your nightly yeah, hobbies? Yeah, I mean, this is like uh, your nightly hobbies. I, I mean, <laughs> are you projecting me <laughs> on Harrison? Like, no, I think you're just like, well, it's kind of normal behavior. You, I see where you go. You've actually been talking about me, haven't you? This is a surreptitious <laughs> way. Sub- Wait, did you to donate? Did you donate the hair? If you hadn't, if you'd let me speak, then I would have had to say there's a well, distinct then I think, possibility. Well, then I think he, if you donated, then I think he'd be acting it like a total cunt. should be a lovely, cunt. peaceful but, <laughs> No, anyway, so get, get back to my theory. I think he got, Daniel Lewis Lee died. They get, he got this evil Nazi hair. It's on his head. It's corrupting him, keeping him up all night, you know, looking for Nazi memorabilia, what have you. And he's too tired to do the show. Wouldn't it have been better? Break. Wouldn't it be better to put it in his ears? Then it might have a chance of kind of, you know, kind of crawling through to his brain, like in Star Trek Two with the insects. Why would you put a hair? No, that's not how hair plugs work. I mean, I just, you know, just to kind of change things up a bit, you know, just to see if that. But <laughs> he would shove Nazi a Nazi strip to make of sure it. it goes directly in properly, like a good hit. And then straight to the brain. It's so. a good thing you're not a doctor because that's not how it works. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this 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 evil convict hair might have done something mm. to him. This can happen. This can happen when the, it's like when you get a possessed like you know. I've heard of uh, people getting like a fake arm, and you don't know who the arm belongs that's, to. That is very true. That is and very it true. And be possessed, the arm kills. Well, I mean, there was that one, wasn't there, um, where the the, the bloke. Um, who, uh, who, who wanked off so much in his life that, you know, he died from wanking. They accidentally gave his arm. <laughs> he died said, from wanking. That, uh, this bloke gave himself such a big heart attack from like fucking tossing himself off so many times over so many years. It was death okay, by... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Where did this happen? <laughs> England, obviously. You made this up. No, this I'm serious. Act- some guy died from wanking. But here's what's, but here's what's even more peculiar about it is that they need... There was a there was a vicar at the same time who had lost an arm, and this is obviously a vicar is as completely as good as gold, you know. So wait, they, they took the so wanker's they put, arm. They took the wanker's arm because they thought that they hadn't realised. <laughs> this is the most retarded you're, story I've ever heard. No, but I mean, you know, it, it's, it's listen, th- there's th- everything under the sun is possible, right? And so they put this arm on him. And, and now um, he's going around, uh, and he's going around tossing himself off at, at services. You know, he's preaching, you I know, mean, about about um, um, you know, like uh, how to behave yourself sexually, and then he just starts right, in the this, middle of. Uh, this sounds like a plot of a Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> Is it a plot of a Mr. Bean movie? I don't. People can't really tell, but uh, Gadsby over here. I it you look took identical you, it took you to like a Pakistani what, Mr. Bean. About 
three minutes. <laughs> so we are. Okay. Mr. Bean is Pakistani. Um, is he? He certainly is. Well, if you were sitting across Look from me, I would think so. I mean, you know, it's the way he moves his head. You know, you can tell he bobbles his head around. You know. So anyway, thank you for filling in. I don't know what happened to Harrison. I'm hoping, uh, who knows? I hope he's all right. I'll have to find out. The hair plugs, he you might explained be back it. Next. Well, if, if it doesn't escalate into murder, which could mm-hmm. happen. I mean, this guy. This, this is America. Daniel Lewis Lee was executed for murdering a family. So, who knows? You got to be careful with that when you get donor parts. As um, I've just explained. It's just a theory. Anyway, thank you for filling in this mm-hmm. week. Uh, you just got, got, got into America from, because Brits aren't allowed in America right now. Well, you So, know. you got through on a technicality coming from Mexico. Um, actually, I tried to go across the land border um, from, I was in Tijuana, and I went to the land border crossing uh, border crossing just trying to walk through just trying to walk through with my bags um, just thinking you know, it, it's fine I knew there was difficulty but I'd say you know you know, I live up in LA whatever and uh, got there and they asked me a load of questions said um, you know you you have to prove like you are you, but, you're, but I think you live here though I well, do on and off you're not but a resident but I am though. between as you know I moved out and I haven't yet found my new place uh, the street and cardboard boxes apparently they weren't <laughs> willing to accept um, as a, as a, yeah, a place work. of place of uh, residence so yeah they basically said um, no you cannot come in because we're only letting uh, U.S. citizens and residents, and uh, not necessarily unless they can prove they, you know, they're domiciled in the U.S. You uh, that that's where they've been living. And of course, I have been out of the U.S. for the majority but of Mexicans, the past year. So Mexicans are allowed in. Right? Uh, no, they're not. Well, what about if you work here? That's deemed essential. Um, so I suppose I could have said, you know, I'm a farmer. I need to go pick some. Mexicans are essential. Who's I, in, I mean. They have some great restaurants here. I can imagine. <laughs> they do. And, uh, you know, cherries need to be Mexican picked. So, you know. <laughs> so anyway, didn't you so have to, so go, had to, you had to fly so to like Guadalajara, right? So I literally had to fly to Guadalajara and then from Guadalajara to L.A., um, leaving the worst carbon footprint you can imagine, which probably yeah, which Trump's probably, Republican I mean, Party probably, would have been proud yeah. of. Um, and uh, so I took, a, I took a two-hour car journey is as the equivalent from London to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you did to getting it. And so you you work here I agree with it at completely. the breakout of COVID and then you went to Tulum and that's where you kind of spent the whole quarantine, right? Four months, three months? I mean, the quarantine is ongoing, but um, I did. I went for a week and ended up staying there for three months. Three and, months, yeah. 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 And, and the, so, so people, you're going to have to go on Patreon, but you're going to, if you go on Patreon, we did an outtake where uh, Lee Gadsby over here talks about a full-on orgy in a villa. In Wait Tulum. a minute. You mean the mics were on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait we, a minute. You know, we Where's got that my whole lawyer? thing. We got that whole thing. It's been recorded. It happened. So it anyway. It wasn't me. I wasn't there. I'm yeah, just I don't, gonna... we don't want to give it away, though. <laughs> it's all about the Patreon. See, we tease the Patreon stuff. Oh, that's just... But it sounded decadent and debaucherous over there. Well, you know, Debauched that's... all behavior. That's the way I remember it. Which um, is... But, I mean, in this orgy, keep in mind, the ratio was like eight geezers to two girls, was it? I mean, it was... No wonder you were so into that orgy. <laughs> you were into it. He Look, was like, he was telling terms about like, oh, squishing. Have you ever squished a girl before? 
And there's eight guys, two girls. I'm comfortable with Keep my sexuality. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm quite happy to explain where it gets put and where it, I put it, you know. It's and he, a, he videotaped it and he called the film Mr. Bean and the Mexican Orgy. It's, I can't wait for this to come out. That actually is not Some far from hub. the truth. <laughs> Pornhub wouldn't accept it, you know. It so like, anyway, anyway, you're, you're back in town. You're back in L.A. Sub in the show, which is great. Are you currently working? Because you, you work in the industry. Are you, um, are you like pitching anything? Are you here doing business? Uh, I, I, I was pitching something, but um, when I went in for the pitch meeting, I realized that there was just a wall there. So um, which I mean, actually, It's all shut down, though, It's right? all shut down. But actually, I got more out of the wall than I do out of most um, producers and agents. So, you know, it was uh, they uh, they offered the you know, option, but they took 50% after six months. And I thought, well, you know, a wall is, they do? A wall is solid. It's not, you know. But I mean, I, I feel like their productions are slowly coming back. They're up. There are, but I mean, pitching, you could still do that though, right? Make well, meetings. there are a lot of people who won't take pitches because there's such a backlog of stuff that they've already got. They just close the business. They don't want to hand money over. Um, you know, if you're more established, like not, you know, complete unknown crap, you know, writer like me. I got an idea for you. Okay, here we go. Because it's been a while. It's been a while since you've uh, had a hit, right? Didn't you like a last thing of- you... Well, no, the last thing you worked on, wasn't it like Jerry Maguire or something? Oh, I think you meant a hit of uh, drugs. <laughs> so the last time since you had... So it's been a while. Jerry Maguire? Yeah. Is that what you worked on, wasn't it? <laughs> Jerry Maguire? I thought it was Jerry Maguire. Or is that Jerry Maguire? Or, or Castaway or something. Is, is, Did you work it, on it, Castaway? Not no, Castaway. <laughs> Jerry Maguire? I, yeah, that's, I, thought, uh, I thought you were involved with that in some I've way. I've always said that you complete me, David, but... Um, <laughs> you know, I would definitely be Renee Zellweger. But, it, but it's okay. But it's been a while. So I got an idea for you. Got an idea. Here we go. Have you written any films? Because you're a writer. Have you written any films with an all dwarf cast? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I, yeah, I mean, Freaks is one of my favorite films. Actually, I, yeah, I, but I, that wasn't just dwarves. Or, no, or, and 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 uh, I think it didn't go far enough. So there is a gap there. Have I thought about it? Um, I, because uh, this might well, be why you get such little recognition uh, in the industry. Such little recognition. I mean, very good. <laughs> How long did it take you to... I planned that one out. What was that like but... 2010? <laughs> you anticipated this show. <laughs> I know. Little. I'll find little a use for it. But, no pun intended. Um, oh, wait, I was, so the other day, the other day, I was super high. I was drinking my, my tincture. What I like do is I am I, now? Yeah, like, just like you are now. Um, I love how uh, he comes in my, over to my house. He brings mushrooms. It's like, like that, is that what I you left them in the car. Yeah, so you don't do mushrooms in podcasts. They weren't that kind of mushrooms. They were chanterelle to cook with a nice cockroach. That's, that's well, what... we're not doing that either. Oh, well. Um, um, anyway, so it's kind of high. It's in this tincture. I put in like a vodka soda. And this tincture stuff, it gets you fucked up. Like you black out, you get fucked up. And so I was watching Time Bandits. Oh, brilliant. Which is one of my favorite movies. Great film. It's one of my favorite movies. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Terry Gilliam. I think it's my favorite Terry Gilliam. Brilliant movie. film. Yeah. Um, Do you know that Kenny Baker played Fidget? He was R2-D2. Yeah. He played Fidget in that movie. Did he? Yeah. Big fan of Kenny Baker. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, so anyway, I was watching that movie. And uh, then I was, I don't know, I kind of got, I went into this like internet wormhole about looking for dwarf, other dwarf movies. As you do. Yeah, and that's what happens. Um, so have you ever heard of a movie called The Terror of Tiny Town? <laughs> no, but 
This is what I'm talking about. I like, should have, and now I have, and well, I'm so delighted. It's totally public domain. Like, people, you can go to YouTube, you can type in Terror of Tiny Town, and uh, you can watch the whole thing. It's only like an hour. Um, but it was a movie that was set in 1938, American Western film produced by Jed Buell and uh, directed by Sam Newfield, who's actually done a few uh, different movies, starring Billy Curtis as the main character. Billy Curtis was, uh, he was like in Wizard of Oz, a bunch of other uh, dwarf films at the time. The world's only musical Western with an all dwarf cast. I mean, that is, that is, you do find things, Dave, that no, no other parts can ever yeah. reach, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. No regular hype people, all dwarves, already stands apart. That's the thing, because you write movies with regular hype people. Yeah. And who cares? Because there's a million of those. I see where you're getting going yeah. with this. And so you do like, a, well, we'll, we'll get into it. Mm. But I mean, you do like, a, I don't know, like a Notting Hill remake or something. Right. With All dwarfs. only dwarfs. Yeah. It's a, or Taken. Remake Taken. Have like a dwarf <laughs> that's like a, you know, an agent. You know, like Wang Wang or something. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> who you are. Special set of skills. I don't know what you want. <laughs> it writes itself. If you want money, I can't help you. I have a <laughs> But but I, but I will find your height. All dwarves. I will. I will know how tall you are. I, th- I think it needs. And a I will work, roll but... you down <laughs> the bowling alley until you hit every pin imaginable. I think it's amazing though that this guy was like, "I want to write a western. I want it all to be tiny little people." Yeah, brilliant. And uh, and I need you to produce this. And, and the uh, producer's like, "That's a great idea." Let's run with this. Let's get a director. Let's hire Billy Curtis. Is this in the 30s? You know, I'd love to have just been there at each stage of that, you know, from sort of conception to somebody says, I've got this great idea moment. And then we go to sitting down and writing the screenplay, you know, moment. And then we go to the pitch, which must have been absolutely brilliant. And did they pitch dwarves? I mean, do we well, know the producers? No, they said midgets. Midgets. That's they used the term midget yeah. at the time, which is a bit derogatory. Yeah. Um, but the film is, it was filmed in a sound isn't... studio in Hollywood and also at the Placerita, the Placeritos Ranch. Have you ever been out there? Where is that? Is that It's, uh, it's kind of... Uh, is that like Spahn Ranch where the Manson family it's, were? It's in that area. Yeah, up it's in, in that uh, area. Like not Northridge, but... Um, Placerita Canyon. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. yeah. A, lot of stuff, a lot of Star Trek was filmed out there. Like when yeah. You, when you walk around out there, it's just like you can tell like, wow, shit, they filmed a lot of stuff. Yeah. Out, uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah, things like yeah. That. I mean, the Manson family lived there. How I've not gone up there is a disgrace. Oh, yeah, you got to check out Spawn Ranch. It's great. Yeah, I got it up there. Blazing yeah. Saddles, I think, would have been better with an old dwarf cast, actually. I mean, it was bloody funny. It was but, good, but, but old dwarves? And the funny thing is, is that probably if you told Mel Brooks that now, he'll probably go, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, he'd probably have been like, oh, I should have thought of that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. So anyway, the, the uh, Jed Buell here, the uh, producer, he was inspired because he had an employee jokingly say, if this economic dive keeps going... We're going to have to use midgets for, as actors. <laughs> and he was like, what a brilliant concept. Let's run with this. <laughs> if an economic dive happens. No, that's, so that's, he mixed... that was going on. There's a thirties, the depression. Right, 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 right. You know, right think right. about now. Yeah. We're in a recession. We need dwarfs. You know, the pandemic. I'm, I'm saying this is what stands yeah. apart. I, I'm not a Hollywood guy. Yeah. You know, I'm not like uh, in the industry. Yeah. Well, sort of, but I'm not exactly. I'm not yeah. like at your level. Industry. I didn't yeah. work on like Jerry Maguire you know, and movies I, like that, and Castaway, and and uh, a few good men. Did you work on a few good I, men? I worked on a few good men. Absolutely, I a worked few, on one floor over the cuckoo's nest. How about this? Uh, a few little good men. 
Again, this is See, this is good. This is going. This is going. Hear me you, out. You are wasted on a moderately successful <laughs> podcast, mate. Wasted. The moderately is being generous. So the terror of Tiny Town. This is what kind of shocked me, which I'm still a little shocked. But I think you I don't let this deter you. When it came out, it received mostly negative reviews. <sighs> it was some considering some people yeah. saying it was the worst film ever made, it, which yeah. I also think is is uncalled for to say that. It's rude. Um, film critic Leonard Maltin gave the film one and a half out of four stars, calling it a typical, badly enacted stage brush plot. Hmm. A TV guide also gave it one out of four stars, calling it one of the strangest ideas ever put to film. And Charles Tatum here from eFilmCritic.com, who gives a shit what this guy has to say. I mean, the name alone is just offensive. He gave the film one out of five stars, panning the acting, the screenplay, the musical numbers. And he said, get this, the film was very short on entertainment. <laughs> Uncalled well, for. That is praise indeed. At that yeah. point, you know, they, 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 this is the moment when somebody says something like that where you go, well, actually, it's simply that it, it, they didn't get it. And that's, uh, that's it will, thing. It will over the years... Become a cult classic. It'll be like Heaven's Gate. Or Barry Lyndon at the time, you know, they were they were just dismissed and 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 panned really. But now people look back and they're just like, this is, saying this it was brilliant. It was before it was its time. It's inspired it, exactly. Before and I its think time. that's what's going on here. And, and, and so what they did. Before its height. And <laughs> God, these, these we puns. Go. These puns. You can save them. All right. I um, want to shortchange these people, though. Would you? <laughs> they used to, They took a conventional. They took a conventional Western story with an all dwarf cast. Um, they uh, did a lot of showcasing of gags, such as cowboys entering the local saloon under the swinging <laughs> doors. Um, they climbed in, into cupboards to receive items because they're dwarves, and that's what I have to do. My favorite part about it, they drove around galloping, or rode around galloping on Shetland ponies. <laughs> like got ponies while roping cats. It makes perfect sense. Well, and there were, I mean, they're not going to be on a regular horse. How would they get onto a horse? And few people know that there were lots of uh, surplus Shetland ponies uh, in the uh, Old West. And I don't, th- I don't know if anyone, were, I don't, hopefully none were killed. You never know, they died during the filming. But Did they, back know. then, did they have the thing that says, you know, the American Humane Society, no animals were, no, were think, harmed, killed? I think it doesn't they, say tortured, though. No, not tortured. So here's a clip. Let me play a little clip here. Um, oh, cool, this is, got uh, a clip. Yeah, so here we have the hero, uh, what's his name? Burris, uh, the, uh, the the famous actor, he's a, he's the sheriff. He's a stagecoach, a little tiny, a tiny stagecoach. It's a small stagecoach getting pulled by Shetland ponies. This must have cost money. Ed, brilliant. I would have definitely given money to it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they're getting chased. It's stagecoach chase. The uh, sheriff saves everybody. And here it is. I'm just setting the scene. It's a tiny town stagecoach. And it's a tiny little stagecoach. He's pulling out tiny little uh i keep saying tiny but she's a are you dwarf. all right miss just the dwarf voice is brilliant otherwise all right thanks to you you had a right to be scared <laughs> nobody would have found that right a pleasure trip why it's outrageous that a respectable citizen should be in danger how much like have that. they sped it up that something is done to put a stop <laughs> i think this is their real voice this is their speaking That's voice for a man to talk I'll have the sheriff take you along when he goes after the I think outlaw. all movies need to have an old dwarf like cast. The thing about it is you stuff. laugh, but this actually happened. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. The, it is... was the, the tale of, um, tale of the, 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 the height challenge. You could almost remake any movie and just add tiny, like tiny this taken. Is, this is a very... Tiny Philadelphia. What would you do with <laughs> movies that are already 
dwarves only would you just sort of turn them into I mean, what movies are dwarves only I mean there must be there must be one that you were just... back in the day would you re- would you a... remake that then Terror of Tiny Town would you make it with people who are only over six foot five well that's not a tiny town no but that's what I'm saying you would just you know you'd make maybe remake this movie only with Dutch people because they're the tallest people in the world so the producer here Jed Buell he took out ads in newspapers around the nation offering big salaries for little people hired 60 actors averaging three foot eight inches in height uh, to fill the roles of his $100,000 production. Which is kind of a lot of money at the time. $100,000 in 1938? Yeah, hundred grand. That's, Coming out of the Depression, that's a lot of money. Was that when Czechoslovakia was invaded? Was it 38? No. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a... Oh, wait, was that when... Uh, actually, it might have been, actually. You know, when... these are very important. There might have been a correlation between the film getting made and... Um, Do you, you think know, they used Germany, Nazi gold to make this Germany film? running around, running around <laughs> Europe. Um, so there's, there actually is a full size, one full size actor, but he's an MC and he kind of introduces the, uh, the premise and he promises a novelty picture with an all midget cast. <laughs> Do First they devour him at the end? Produced. Saying one of us, one of us. <laughs> so, uh, Billy Curtis here is Buck Lawson. He's the hero. He's, and there's a villain named Bat Haynes, which is a great name. That's great. Bat Haynes. Is he taller um, than the rest of them? No, he's, they're, they're all like three foot eight. There's no, there's no discrepancy they managed to get them all <laughs> you know what's funny the producer here and director actually made another novelty western that came out a year earlier called harlem on the prairie <laughs> i wonder what that one's i should look for that i wonder one. what possible of ethnic origin <laughs> that one is yeah so uh they they took the standard tired western the singing cowboy picture because that was a that was popular at the time. Add a little bit of Romeo and Juliet into there, you know, uh, two two ranching families, all dwarves, oh. all dwarf ranching families, and uh, there was like you know a forbidden love going on there, and the villain the villain here pit the families against each other to try to wreck the romance of Buck and Nancy, yeah, and so that's what happened here. But the the plot, who cares about the plot? The main thing is it's all little people. Yeah, it's in genius. a incongruous Western setting, which is which is funny to begin with. They ride around Shetland ponies, enter the saloons. They drink beer steins that are like the size of their heads. It's the best part. It's the best part. And there's a part there's a part in it where they're in this bar scene, and the vamp comes down. She's kind of actually sexy. Uh-huh. For I mean, I'm not. Would you? Into t- probably. <laughs> well, I've I've often said this about dwarves. What I'd like, I think, what I would find, I don't know. I guess kind of. The, uh, boost my self confidence, I suppose. They have tiny little hands, so it would make my junk look up, you know, that much bigger. Well, I mean, uh, you know, how many, um, how many sips of beer would it take? I'm sorry, how many glasses of beer would it take before you, you might do it? But yeah, the pints? hands. How many pints? The hands. Was... <laughs> <laughs> do they look like web? Are they like webbed hands? I mean, no, have you ever seen a? You know, you need a dwarf friend. Well, well, uh, yeah. Do you have one? No, but where'd I need get, a dwarf friend you too. I, well, I think you meet one. Like jackass guys, they had that wee, wee man. I, yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, you'd sort of like be, feel a bit sort of self-conscious, wouldn't you? I mean, having Hanging done the show and then... That's what, pick, that's what put Kid Rock on the map. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You could become... I mean, Jerry Maguire was, what, 94? That's a long uh, time ago. You know, I think you could come back now 
with a with a you know a remake of a movie or maybe do an original movie. Cameron Crowe. <laughs> I still love you. I know. I mean, it was you did a good job on that script. You're one of the writers, Cam- which is just nice. Cameron never knew about it. That's all. <laughs> so anyway, here's the scene in the bar where the vamp comes down. Oh, yeah. Listen to the song. Yeah, it's sexy. She's they're clapping. She's walking. Out. She's not bad looking for a dwarf. There's a whole dwarf band. Like he's standing on a chair to play the, the cello here. Let's go way up under here. There's a dwarf in the background. Screen. This is what up here. Maybe I shouldn't. Instead of tumbling down into town, we'll go around walking around. Look at his eye patch. He's got a little Brilliant. eye patch on. He's got like a European accent. There were a lot of European dwarves. They had to flee. Who escaped from they Nazi Germany. Yeah. Of course. Well, they Hitler was... I mean, how Hitler, bad was he to actually go after... Jo- is that Such true? Such an asshole. He's, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Would it? Yeah. I mean, take the Jews, take the gypsies, take the, take the Poles, whatever they want to take. But for God's sake... Yeah. Like, to go the for the dwarves just is the outrageous. Jewish dwarves, Jewish dwarves. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. <laughs> so here's a scene where uh, Buck, he's the, uh, the, her- the hero... Comes in, the vamp comes on him. She's, she's like, oh, she stops great. singing the song. She comes over. Look at this. Lusty. Hello, sweetie. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen you for so long. Don't bother me, I'm busy. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> look, she's pissed off, too. He's working. It doesn't look at the bar. He's really, he's a little guy. Scammy. Everyone's little. Yeah. I reckon it won't be anything I can be proud of. The sex scene is amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, there has to be. That's the thing. You have to have it's a, a sex scene. It doesn't count if you're dwarves, is it? It, it probably went under the censor's radar. Uh, I mean, possibly. You, they wouldn't. It, so, you know what bothered me about this? Is no. I was reading this uh, review of it, and this guy who wrote this, this review, I forget where it came from, but some film critic, he said the terror of Tiny Town is a dull, lifeless mess, running 62 minutes, he said it's so agonizing that the film feels longer than Shoah. Have you ever seen Shoah? That's a, that's a long I one. I mean, one of the best um, films, you know, and uh, the plot line of Shoah was a bit dodgy. but <laughs> It was dodgy. But it, it, it had holes in it, you know. But I disagree completely. This movie was, uh, it was I was infatuated. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it may be the 38 it was made. So, yeah. you know, it may be, um, was it 82 years? Still, it needs a little bit more time. It's like a Chateau Lafitte that... I think what it needs is a remake. I, yeah, I hear thinking. that. I, I think hear that. I think time is, time is ripe for it because, it's, you know, Doors made a comeback. Have you seen that reality show, Little yeah. People, Big World? No. Uh, it's, but it's great. I do have a question, though. They all sound... This is my theory, is that they don't actually sound like that. I, I think they've sped it up a little bit because Peter Dinklage sounds like a normal man, not like a sort of... Well, that's because he's an actor. But so you he disguises his voice, right? So, so an I said, and I was thinking, you know, maybe like that means that he sounds like this when he's not doing the doing the uh, voice. Well, that's that he his does normal in Game voice. That's his normal voice. Oh, so you couldn't is. have a voice like that on a HBO I can't show. quite do it the way they do it because they have a throatiness to it. Well, because I imagine it, they're about sixty, right? So they're uh, you know, well, like, yeah, how I long mean, did how long do dwarves live? Warwick Davis is in the sixties, isn't he? You know, is I was he? thinking about this. England has an inordinate amount of dwarves. There's a lot of dwarves there. Are you saying there's more dwarves in England than there in the United States? Well, we probably have more just because more people. But if you looked at like uh, the per ratio rate of, of 100,000 uh, yeah, population. Yeah, per, per rate of 100,000, I bet you like, 
I think it's because of the inbreeding in England. I mean, that's what... <laughs> it never occurs in the southern states or West Virginia, of course. Yeah. It must well, I think be. it's more of a heterogeneous mix because we have all these, you know, different cultures and people. Whereas England, it's mostly just white people. You know, there's a um, snack you can get now called het- heterogeneous mix. <laughs> Put it in there before you have your curry. It's really nice, actually. Slightly spicy. So anyway, with Tiny Town here, um, most of the Western tropes were already kind of old hat by this point, by like 30, 1938. But, uh, you know, obviously he took all this to make us make a parody, but just with short people. And so this uh, this reviewer here says, in other words, it's an hour of just pointing and laughing. But that's the whole point of this show. I mean, that's <laughs> what we do here. A hundred thousand dollar movie. That's probably you know what uh, they're going to go for. What works? He says the experience is depressing, and the joke, quotes, has been told by about the three minute mark. Once again, I completely disagree. I, I was laughing throughout. I enjoyed the whole movie. I was riveted. I thought it was great. Well, the Marx Brothers basically play th- the same kind of joke over and over. Charlie over again. Chaplin Buster doesn't mean Keaton, it's exactly thing. doesn't mean it stops being funny, no. does it? That's it, exactly. Um, surprisingly, the movie actually was a minor success when it first came out. A minor success. <laughs> Made enough of a profit um, to allow him to like work on other movies. But three or several members of the cast. Which I think it's because the casting is so the casting pool was so small back then. Um, You're walking into, them. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's like how many dwarf actors are there? It's like you probably yeah. it's probably the same ones in all the movies. Very low number. Um, but anyway, several of the members, including three leads, would appear as Munchkins in, in the Wizard of Oz. Billy Curtis was the Munchkin City father. Oh, yeah, brilliant. so he's the main guy. He was not only in uh, in Wizard of Oz. He actually had a career last... He was, he was around 1909 to 1988. Really? He worked up until his death. He was in the, uh, the Batman series with Adam West. He was in uh, Laverne and Shirley. Um, As... And he was in uh, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Huh. And my favorite, Clint Eastwood Western, High Plains Drifter. No, I've he seen He was that. a dwarf That's in High Plains Drifter. It's a brilliant film, High, oh, it's High so Plains good. Drifter. It's, it's a so great good. film. Wait, yeah. I'm trying to think... I haven't seen it for years, but I'd love to. He's, like, the, yeah. he's the dwarf. Was he a big it. star then, Billy Curtis? Was he? Um... Well, I wouldn't say big. <laughs> oh God! <I> <laughs> he was famous, though. I mean, he was like the the Peter he Dinklage. He was a Peter Dinklage he of was. that era. Like he was that level of. I'm trying uh, to pi- fame. picture him. He's not or um, Warwick Davis. There was the 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 plain the plain guy oh, who tattoo was... Hervé Village yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a very sad life that was years later that was yeah okay yeah, was, yeah he did have us you know we should do a profile on Hervé uh, you should definitely oh, I'd love I'd love very interesting he he shagged a lot of normal size women. yeah he yeah. did he like yeah. blonde buxom women like six foot what does that say about yeah yeah blonde if, you, if you're a little guy like that why not if you can get it yeah I mean I'm just wondering you know what what depth of depravity women won't seek <laughs> that are into into small men like that um so you know what the the tiny uh the terror of tiny town is a great movie mm. and i think you should use that as inspiration but you can also use an, another film auteur like this guy one of my idols Werner herzog he made you're an wearing his t-shirt right now right now yeah he made an all dwarf movie called even dwarfs started small 1970 West German oh. comedy drama. Brilliant. And I was the, also streaming on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. You know what? People say the Germans 
don't have a sense of humor, right? I mean, it's sort of widely. Werner totally does. Yeah, I just think that the sense of humor is um, it's otherworldly, nuanced. The, the problem is, is when you mass slaughter too many people, it's a bit difficult sometimes to see that they also have a sense dark, of humor too. Dark humor. Listen, dark as, humor. as I say, everybody has their, you know. Because of downsides. Downs, yeah. So in uh, this movie, it's a plot. The plot is this original movie. A group of dwarfs confined in a mental institution on a remote island rebel against the, the, the guards in a display uh-huh. of mayhem. They break windows, dishes. It's more of a, I'd say more of an art film rather than you know, a schlocky Western. Mm. So, but I'm just giving you some inspiration. I need to, to watch with. it. Yeah, and I, I do think you know it's it's a different type of film than a Western. But I'm saying. Dwarves aren't confined with single genre. Dwarves are multi-genre actors. That's, that's you know. is, is, is this ones that sort of have lines, you know, uh, uh, sort of great German philosophical lines like, "You are the smallest person I have ever seen, but you are also the biggest person I have ever seen." That is a line directly from the movie. You, you, <laughs> you, you're already good at this. This is good. This is. I mean, I can Listen, understand mate. it because you worked on Jerry Maguire. And F. A Scott Fitzgerald skill. did not name his book after this namesake, <laughs> my ancestors, for um, no reason. You know, I was reading about when I was doing a lot of research about just uh, dwarves and movies with dwarves. Um, I came across this, uh, apparently, um, Judy Garland, you know, who started in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, her husband, her ex-husband, um, Sid Luft, wrote a memoir talking about the salacious behavior of these dwarves and munchkins behind the scenes. I mean, they were hard drinking. He calls them hard drinking, sex mad hellraisers. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Like these, these, I mean, these are like, they're like three foot, eight inch, eight inch tall people, like 10 dwarves, munchkins. Um, they, but I mean, that's the thing. They, uh, um, you know, the 124 actors were hired by MGM in 1930 for the movie Wizard of Oz in 1939. And uh, they all stayed at the Culver Hotel in Hollywood, in right. Culver City. It used to be there, I think. It's not uh, anymore. I don't know. I was thinking about that. I don't know what they turned mm. into. It. But uh, but anyway, one of Housing, them, probably. Judy Garland said one of them actually asked her out. He was like a 40-year-old dwarf. He asked her for dinner. And uh, she said he was about maybe two feet high, like 24 an inches. Old, an old cock. <laughs> and she's in, she didn't want to say, I can't because you're a midget. She said, no, my mother wouldn't like it. And he said... Bring your ma too. Two broads for the price of one. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, I guess there are hundreds of them. They all were in the Culver Hotel. They got smashed every night. Police would pick them up in butterfly nets. These are the munchkins. The munchkins from Wizard of Oz. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, they, and they were there for two months. Getting drunk the entire time. Because they partied. These guys are party. That's the thing. What are you going to do? if you? Why not? not? Yeah. You know? Um, when in Oz... Uh, the police were regularly called, and, that, and not only butterfly nets, this is my favorite thing, they had to find new ways of apprehending the revelers because, and so Chris Price and Joe Harlan, these two authors here, wrote a book about it called Live Fast, Die Young. Um, and they were talking about, one of the, and they interviewed one of the officers, this older officer that was like, in, that had to, had to you know, patrol the <laughs> hotel during this time. It would basically be security. He said uh, several munchkins had been drunk and disorderly and were resisting arrest. Their hands were too small for the cuffs. <laughs> so they couldn't restrain them. So what, he's like, what they had to do is use heavy pillowcases. Oh, that's... They would just get them in pillowcases and drag them out. <laughs> <laughs> and then deliver them to children for Christmas at the end of their bed. Well, 
give them right back to Santa. No, that's actually what we need to do. Back to work. Return of yeah. Did they chuck each other out the window because they didn't have televisions? But they smash windows. Did the who? They totally like pulled like rock star, you know, like uh, you know, motley crew in a hotel room <laughs> kind of thing. But I wonder if like Keith Moon, you know, if you'd ever asked him like where did he get his inspiration from, he would have said spontaneously, "I threw a TV out the window." But if you took him privately, Bruce actually probably from the Munchkins. From the Munchkins. Yeah. Um, they were saying that uh, even the partying didn't stop for work. One of the munchkins, known as the Count, was almost fired for this. I guess he was getting, he was due on set, but he, they couldn't find him. And they heard like a crying sound come from the men's room. And when they went into the bathroom, he got wasted, fell in the toilet bowl, and couldn't get out. You know, they probably have little toilets, you know, at home. Like the ones for like, you know, my sister used to have for her dollies, like little... Uh, <laughs> Like a little kid's one, like a little kid's you know, porta potty. Exactly. Um, they were sleeping three in a bed in the rooms. That the MGM, like the Jewish producers, were like, "No, you're little guys. <laughs> we're gonna put three of you in a bed. We're not getting separate rooms for all of you. There'll still be room." But yeah, probably they had orgies every night. Not only hiring prostitutes, but they were like going getting female munchkins to uh, sell themselves to male crew members during the film. Come on. Yeah, they were pimps too. This is great. This is just great. Yeah. Well, there's the movie. You should do this. This, this is, is this. You know, you. Well, there was a movie that kind of came out about this called Under the Rainbow, which is about, have you heard about this? I downloaded this one. 1981 no. comedy um, that talked about some of the crazy antics in the hotel during the whole Wizard of Oz oh, auditions. Oh, they did? Yeah. I, I, you know, I found it actually, downloaded it. Haven't seen it yet though. Um, but they, they were saying here that the Munchkins would often go in search of women on set like just women that were working and would would grope them. Like showgirls had to be escorted in bunches with armed guards. Get out of here. Predatory creatures. Oh, those are the days, huh? Could you imagine? Like this is way before Me Too. Yeah. Anyway, obviously. But I mean, I bet you there are a lot of Me Too moments there. Could you could you imagine if you were ever gang raped by like six munchkins in you know, those little outfits? I'd, sort of, little outfits. I'd sort of laugh that, you know... I, I, would you tell me about it? That's a very, very good question. <laughs> On one side, would, like, do the a sh- would the shame outweigh the fucking blag, the, the fucking pleasure? story that, that you, you know, it's like, it's one of those like, uh, this is awful, but you also kind of want to tell the lads because, you know, it's, it's just the best pub story. Well, how ever often told. would that happen? I mean, I was, I was fucking gang raped by a load of munchkins. It's, you know, on the face of it, it's the most sick, awful thing that you would never, ever, that you would be in years of therapy You'd have for. night terrors, yeah. Or is it a pub story that will put you at the top of the, the put you at the pinnacle of all pub stories and get you free drinks for life or or is it a porno that i wouldn't want to watch it could be that too <laughs> in british pubs either of those might get you around the beers you know <laughs> the worst part about the last thing i'm going to say about this is uh so the dwarves uh, made about 50 dollars a week it's a which... lot in those days wasn't it well, kind of, and it was 1939, but get this, though, just in comparison's sake. Toto, Dorothy's dog, was getting $125 a week. Oh, okay. So the dog... And not wasting it almost, on prostitutes. Yeah, exactly. Or was the, the dog, dog was making like two times the amount of the dwarves. Yeah, that's ter- I mean, is that's there, terrible. Is there any books about what the dog got up to? Because you know that it, it, there must have been stuff... The Wizard of Oz is one of the most debaucherous, sickest sets, isn't well, it? Well, there's a lot of myths about it. They're saying mm. that, uh, you know, like that dwarf hung himself on the set, 
you can but see didn't. that. There's myths. Like uh, at a certain point when you're watching it, you can pause it and you can see like a hanging body, they say. Oh, you, you watch that? it backwards or whatever, like a Led, Led Zeppelin no, there, song. There's like a lot of myths about the about the, the set, you know, of the Wizard of Oz. Just because a lot of fucked up things happen. There's this other myth about the Wizard of Oz that it was actually a guy behind a curtain, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. You know, the whole wizard was not a wizard. It was just some guy behind a curtain. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, is that like a deep interpretation? Well, of... I mean, it was a wizard. I mean, it was you know, wizard. it was a wizard and 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 the witch. That's... She melted, didn't she? So... <laughs> yeah, I could I could tell that you were work in the industry because you have a deeper understanding of film. Like Jerry Maguire, wasn't he a wizard? Oh, he was amazing. <laughs> And the thing was, is that I thought about that, which is that you know, you complete me. It should almost be like you complete you. As in the singular you and the plural you, like you are completing you yourself, like the pop, no, like the, the population in general. I don't know if it'd just be the American population. Would it be, you know, you in terms of every human being? Would it be the philosophical you, like completing you, the person with inside you that you could never reach until Jerry Maguire comes along and says, you know, my one criticism of Jerry Maguire, I know you're heavily involved in that film, but my Watching one criticism, it. and take this constructively, lack of dwarves. And that was my problem. I had them, I removed them. You took them out. See, that's the thing. I took them out. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, took them out. Took them out. Yeah, <laughs> one by one. But, that, but right now, I feel, and maybe it's just me, you know, being on top of the zeitgeist here. But I feel like there's a dwarf renaissance going on. You got this... Uh, well, COVID. Well, I don't know if COVID has anything to do I with I don't know dwarfs. why I said that, but yeah, everybody was, says COVID, COVID at the moment. <laughs> no, but I mean, you look at shows like Little People, Big World. There's all these like shows of dwarves. Now is the time to do it. And forget fantasy. Forget Lord of the Rings bullshit. Or right. Willow or something. Because that, that almost makes sense. Because a dwarf is kind of a creature and you can, yeah. and you can put it into like a fantasy film. Fuck the fantasy film. Right. Fuck like Game of Thrones. Let's do like an all dwarf version of Roadhouse. Oh, the Patrick Swayze film? Oh my but God, get a dwarf. Just... Could you imagine how great that would be? I mean, that probably would go down. That'd be in like next sight and sound poll, the greatest films ever made, wouldn't it? What is Without that? even what... seeing it made, you just know it would all be. Right. Let's get a bunch of cocaine. Let's go to Soho House and pitch that. Well, we have the... Um... Don't we have the cocaine here somewhere? <laughs> I think I would love to see you just seriously pitching. We haven't got cocaine, everybody. We're yeah. not drug addicts. An all dwarf vi like version of uh, Roadhouse. I mean, you could do, you could do serious drama too. What about like? Uh, Should we do it about... word for word off the, the original script? Like, um, um, what's his name did with Psycho? Gus Van Zandt made the made that remake, but, awful remake of Psycho, which but is with the that same script. Voice? That would be brilliant. Remember the guy? Remember the guy with the mullet that he like ripped his throat out. I haven't seen it for so long. Oh, there's a, there's yeah. a great part with the guy with the mullet. It's like I fuck guys like you in prison. That'd be great to have like a dwarf. I don't know. Maybe Warwick Davis could be play the Patrick Swayze. He's and, a little old. Warwick Davis would play the part of Sam Elliott, who's okay. like the old, yeah, the, uh, old guy. the old guy. We'd have to get like probably. It has to be Dinklage or be the Patrick Swayze. I mean, unfortunately, these days you, well, you got to yeah. go for the the A list. You know, the ones who can well, speed he up has their, a draw. I slow mean, down Patrick voice. Swayze. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think it could be. But I mean, we don't. Have to, that's the thing. You don't have to limit yourself to action or fantasy. What about like a serious drama? Like you could remake Little Women, literally. Oh. 
<laughs> I was waiting the whole show to get, get to me that out joke. of here. <laughs> possibilities Good night, everybody. Are, possibilities are fucking endless. That's actually brilliant. That's what I'm saying. I just want to give you the let's, credit. Let's offline this. I don't want mm-hmm. to give out any of our ideas mm-hmm. here. People are snakes. Where's so take cocaine? your ideas. People take take your ideas. Anyway, uh, people, this is uh, episode 754 here. Second wrong. 754 episodes. Is it really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? So I'm number 754. How is that significant? Well, you've been on several several shows. Hmm. But anyway, episode 754 here is second wrong. We got some news stories coming up next. We have some phone calls a little later in the show. Uh, but first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Listeners of Podcraft Second Wrong, tis time to tell thee of a magic land called Patreon, a world of things you never dreamed of in your maddest hour, like Wad's mum and that voyeuristic drunkard in the shower. There's smackhead tales from Schlitzy and quips from Jizzy Jake, delivered while a buxom wench devours his trouser snake. And what could be more wonderful than Harrison and Dee delighting in more anecdotes of murder and bukkake? So join us in a realm where all true miscreants belong and journey to the hidden depths of planet Second Rock. So the first story we have here... Um has to do with a difficult situation. Mm. It's a difficult situation. A wife walked in on her husband having sex with his mom. <laughs> I was waiting for dwarf. Mm, it has to be dwarf, right? Yeah. But you told Always me suspected incest. The, 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 mom, the, the wife best. always suspected incest. So the wife of incest accused Tony Lavoie uh, told police that she always suspected a sexual relationship between her husband and his mother, Cheryl. Um, the wife claims that she walked in on her husband having sex with his mother. Like she walked in like in flagrante delicto, like in, in the act. Um, and she, her, her mother-in-law was on top of her husband on the couch in their living room in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Oh, well, there you go. So was that like reverse cowgirl? This is when you that, burn that too many witches. Then that's what they, happens. That's what happens. <laughs> Not the, the, the mother figure. Yeah, I mean, they killed all those all those witches. Uh, there isn't enough of a, of a matriarchal figure, is there? So, <laughs> bound to happen. So on the couch. Okay, that's not reverse cowgirl. You can't really do. Well, I guess you could do that on the couch. Are you a fan of that position? Um, I I, I certainly am. Um, I think um, you know anything that sort of achieves, you know some level of, of, of pleasure in that area is good but um, it depends if you like to see their face or not I think with masks well, nowadays you can see your asshole that's always true and sometimes that's a better view <laughs> as well sometimes that's a better view the problem with the also you can't put a mask around it can you these days I mean that's true um, that's that true. is brilliant though I mean um, was was the mother was she um, young when she had him? Uh, what are we talking about, the age gap here? Or is it one of these... It's about people? 20 years. 20 so years. Well, what's Tony, wrong with that? Well, you should see that. You, should, you don't even want to picture these people fucking, believe me. Tony Lavoie is 43. His mom, Cheryl Lavoie, is 64. They both face incest charges now um, after this incident in May. Really? So apparently the officer asked the wife, she said, so you walked in. She was on the top of the couch, obviously having sex. What did you do? 
after seeing them together. And she said, I just walked into my room and closed the door. Well, she didn't say a word to either of them, but she called her cousin and then the police. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever walked in on like a girlfriend or, or you know, a wife or whatever, having sex with somebody? Uh, I mean, That's not you. But the, isn't the mother part of it kind of the important part? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I've never had that situation. I should knock on wood, but I don't know what I, how I What, react. somebody walking on you, shagging your mother? I mean... No, but if I, like, walked in on my girlfriend or my mm -hmm. wife getting, like, you know, shtup by somebody, would you attack them or would you just leave? Would you go get really drunk? Mm. Like, what would you do? Well, in the 24 incidences that this happened to me... <laughs> Um, I've usually uh, just... all involving your mom. Uh, 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 Twenty-three of them involving my yeah. mum. Uh, well, that's normal the, in the, Pakistan. The twenty-fourth involving my fiance at the time. Um, uh, I mean, you'd have to have a wank, really, wouldn't you? I mean, what, wait, what this... else? So, wait, you walked in on your fiance having sex, committing an act of infidelity uh, with my mother. No, you're lying. God, <laughs> you'd have to. The answer to your question is, you'd have to have a wank, really, wouldn't you? I had I had this happen to while well, I was on the other end. I was having sex with a friend of mine. Yeah, I hated her boyfriend, <laughs> and she was my roommate at the time. We ended up getting really drunk, and then ended up having sex. And he walked in. You must be so proud. Well, I hated the guy anyway, and he walked in. I didn't know. I didn't know he was there. We didn't see him, but he walked in. He saw us, and he freaked out and ran out. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess he got really drunk. But he, didn't, he never, he never like punched me in the face or anything. Freaked out in what way? Like you almost sound like a scared cat or something. The way you did that, like, or did he I, like get angry? I mean, I don't know if he was angry. He never confronted me about it. He like I would have like fucking punched me in the head or something. You should, you should have punched her in the head. Really, she's the one who fucking. Well, but whatever. Don't I mean, blame I the cheater. Blame just the might, cheater. It's hard to say how you'd react in this situation. Because yeah. you don't know, like, what if you, if it's someone you really loved, I can imagine being like, but if it's someone you don't really give a shit, you could be like, I knew it, whore. And then you'd <laughs> leave and go get drunk. Surely then... if you, it might be the other way around because, you know, if you really, really did care, then you're a whore. It's like sort of more effective then, isn't it? Because then, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing everything that you, of good that you thought about this person and just, just saying you're a fucking whore. Is that what you wrote into Jerry Maguire? Oh, God, again. <laughs> didn't this, get used. I remember the scene. Oh, it didn't get used. It, it was, cut. it was, again, it was, you know, that, you know, you fucking whore. Um, I loved you, but now you're nothing better than a whore that I w wouldn't put the bottom of my but shoe on. You was turned into you complete me. Well, picture this. Two dwarves saying it to each other in those high-pitched voices. <laughs> mm. That could have been an Oscar for you. Mm. You'd be in a totally different situation right now. It it, it could have been. <laughs> it might have been the um what what's known as the the short Oscars, you know, which uh, as a the sort of hidden hidden ceremony. I wonder if they have a dwarf version of the Razzies. I mean, you know, if if they have first of all a dwarf version of like the Oscars, where you know, I don't know where the Oscar is got its well, legs. Are you cut saying off. like an all dwarf movie couldn't win an Oscar because? they're in like a different category like I, there should be a dwarf category i film. think that if you made a it's very film ableist. entirely with dwarfs then the academy has a difficult problem should it be included in the 10 best picture nominees which went to 10 by the way from five because of this kind of problem 
because it wasn't I wide enough. I think they should be inclusive. So what would you call it? They need it? to be more diverse. Best, best motion picture with only dwarves in it. I actually wouldn't mind that Would category. that also mean that when you have best musical score, would it have to be a category called best musical score from a film with only dwarves with only in it? dwarves. And then if you have an editor, best editor of a film with only dwarves in it. I mean, is that the way we should do it? I don't. I think it should be all inclusive. Subculture. I think it should be all inclusive. In fact, I think most movies should be made with dwarves. The problem, the other good thing is that most movies are too long. So something shortened might be, you know. These puns are killing me. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the, uh, the wife here told police she'd always been suspicious yeah. of a sexual relationship between the husband and the mother. Um, she then clarified saying that she had heard that the pair were sexually involved, but she didn't know if that was true. From who? <laughs> From who? Who was telling you by the way, your husband's fucking his mom. Would you be like, really? I'd like to know more about this. This this really is beginning to to, to reek more and more of some sort of weird triangle going on. That you know, oh, you think this is the, like the, a love the, triangle? The, 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 no, I think maybe like it was. You know, it's it's a it's a fantasy, which is you know, she said nothing would turn me on more to walk in on you having sex with your sixty three year old mother, and then when it happened. She turned, she betrayed him, called the police. <laughs> but would you in this situation install hidden cameras? Would you want to know? I wouldn't just let it go. I wouldn't just be like, I mean, oh, well. To call the police is a bit mean. Fake I mean, news. Well, you could do that too. I wouldn't call the police. I would put cameras. I would install like a couple cameras just to find out if it's actually going on. Well, but she found out her well, own way. She walked in on it. But the wife confirmed that all three were living together at the time of the incident. Oh, you see, well, that does it. And every time, I mean, say no more. If you live with your mother. Uh, the cousin that answered the door, or I guess like she called her cousin, told her about it, and the cousin actually let the cop in. And uh, he told the officer that, um, that she had called him about walking her husband having sex. Um, you know, and so that's why he, he was there to get the officer to come in. The officer separated the mom and the son spoke to both separately, and they both admitted to having consensual sexual relations. They said it was the first time that it happened. Um, Mr. Lavoy here, the son, said, I don't know. It just happened. Which, to me... You got the Massachusetts accent there pretty good. It just happened. It just happened. <laughs> but to me, would you at least come up with something like, I drank too much Jaeger and blacked out. I don't know what happened. Like, would Jaeger. you try to? Would you say something like that? I would, but I wouldn't say Jaeger. Okay, whatever. I mean, I mean it would have to be like seriously. Well, it's like, Irish country, isn't it? Irish, you know, have to be a load of Jameson. Yeah, maybe like Jameson. I drank too much Jameson and passed out, and then who and knows I woke what up happened. in my mother. I always black out. Yeah, and then you, then, you know, I don't. I know. tripped over and fell in, fell into my mother. Now the uh, the mother, she went into a little more detail. Uh, she responded that she and her son had gotten a lot closer in recent months. <laughs> and she claimed that the sex happened after they started kissing. Which is pretty creepy. Sort you of. don't kiss your mom. Yeah, I love that. With, like, that, that there's no mouth. lead up to the kissing. No, it's just like kissing, heavy petting sex. So kissing's like fine. Everybody would accept that. That's normal. But that is... The, is it normal? To... So is it normal to kiss your mom like that kind of kiss? Like, is it normal to kiss your mom where, you know, she's getting moist downstairs? 
I mean, you know, getting moist downstairs to my mother means cleaning the kitchen floor. So, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Is that it's like a, a euphemism in Pakistan? <laughs> Sadly <something>? not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot about your the culture here. Yeah. Uh, we have our race. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the police allegation, uh, Cheryl told the officer, well, myself and my son have got a lot closer and we just had sex after we were kissing. And he was like, did you feel pressure in having sex? She said, no. So this is the weird thing. She admitted, they both admitted to sexual intercourse. If you were having sex with your mom, hypothetically, I hope. Um, if you're having you sex with your mom, <laughs> would you eat her out? Because think about this. You came from that vagina. So how weird would that be? Would it be like, you know, like, hello again. Like, long time no see. Well, the, 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 know, yeah, it's, it's been quote, a few years. To quote Stephen Fry, after he was born, he said, this is the last time I'm going near anyone, anyone anything. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You really fucked that quote up. Can you, can you re-record that, please? It's like... It's <laughs> so like not editing that out. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> Look, people, you understand what I mean. It's, it's the last time I'm going near any one of those. <laughs> so in this sense, no. But, um, well, you'd have to, really, wouldn't you? You, you, you'd you would, Wait, I wouldn't... I mean, I don't know. You'd just stick it in. Was his mother fit? Was she... I mean, was she... Have you got a picture no, of her? No, yeah. They're, no, hideous. They're both like just, both just hideous awful. cretins, redneck cretins. Yeah. Oh, it's just great. Deplorables. Turn them into dwarves. Make a movie. This could be I a movie. Got something. This could be a movie. Right. Um, she told the officer that she, uh, you know, had not known her son most of his life, which is kind of common. That's genetic sexual attraction when you like. Mothers and sons always have. Sexual. No, but it's weird when there's like incest that occurs between estranged family members it usually is genetic sexual attraction which is like a strong attraction between blood relatives who first meet as adults mm -hmm. however you know she didn't know him most of his life but she was there and when asked if he had any mental illness that could have contributed to this, she said she didn't know for sure but he did fall off a ladder one time <laughs> I think there's a lot of slowness in this family. Come, it all reveals itself in the end, doesn't it? Bump yeah. on the noggin. The old fell off a ladder, yeah. Yep. And then I found myself in my mother. Just fall off a ladder so, next so thing in, you know you're in, fucking into your, your mother. Um, please charge the mother and son with felony incest and issue them a summons to appear in court uh, later this month. Uh, both pled not guilty. They're ordered by the judge to stay away from one another. You got to sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> breastfeeding is done. No more breastfeeding. Oh, I hope that happened too. She's lactating as it was going on at the age of 63. Um, according to Massachusetts state law, though, a person convicted of incest can be uh, imprisoned between two and a half to 20 years. Wow. Yeah, it's harsh. How hey, do you choose you how many that? years? I mean, what different types of incest are they? Like positions? Like if you shag your mother, reverse you know, cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl. Uh, I mean, up the wrong one, you know, does that, does that, you know, for, for some reason, I don't want to mitigate what's 20 years. Uh, what, what, but what do you think is worse? Like, I guess what's more intimate giving your mom oral sex or just having penetrative sex? I, you know, it's that old yin and yang, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> maybe for you <laughs> and most of the Western population, you haven't right. lived mate. Uh, what do you have here for the second story? You're going to do the second story, right? Oh, my God. I mean, this is just, you know. I mean, you know, you give me the one which is, like, sort of funny, but 
It's just really funny, actually. Let's just... <laughs> yours is pretty... I think yours might be more... Uh, I think you gave this one wrong. to me because you think I have some kind of sick sense of humour or something, which is... Well, a, I think it's because it's a UK be further story. from a lie. It's a, you know, it's a story that happened in the UK. Well, I mean, which obviously, you know, but I thought you said I'm in Pakistan. <laughs> well, Maybe you're... it was a Pakistani. No, it wasn't. Uh, well, how do we, how do we begin this? Uh, the headline goes, sheep farmer found guilty of lacing baby food with razor-sharp metal in Tesco store. Um, it's terrible. Move your ears away if you don't want to hear any more of this. It's terrible, uh, yeah. Ni- the best thing is, he's, of course, he's called Nigel. You know, mm. like every proper Brit should be Nigel Wright. It's a weird name for a Pakistani. I, I, you know, maybe it, maybe it's more like, you know, maybe it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it just pronounced, you know, mispronounced. Uh, he drafted an email to Tesco's, which read, Imagine a baby's mouth cut open blood pouring out and the inside of their belly cut and bleeding. Well, you know, I would say you have Brit listeners out there, don't you? The Brits love this show. I mean, would you rather Tesco's than uh, Morrison's or or Sainsbury's? God forbid Marks and Spencer, right? I think the majority of us would, would, you know, go with Tesco's on Hooter. What, what's the hierarchy with. of Tesco? Is Tesco well, like a Gelson's or is it more like a... Ralph's yeah, I or? mean, considering um, in the UK, we we actually have supermarkets that make food rather than what you have over here, which is sort of like... Sort <laughs> we, have, we have delis. Chemical, you know, concoction preservatives, of, of, yeah, yeah. of preservatives. Where, but that's how, we, you know, that's how we maintain our large They're saying body, that American bodies, American bodies stay intact, like months and years after death because of all the preservatives <laughs> that you lot eat <laughs> and me too now i guess so but, but i mean so tesco tesco is that like a ralph's or is it more like the a closest equivalent a the closest foods? yeah the closest equivalent would be ralph's probably or um uh, von's i guess um then you'd probably do like uh, marks and spencer and waitrose which would be is that like a whole foods Kind of Whole Foods, but without charging the absurd price. Whole 50, I call it, because you can't leave it without well, spending like Gelson's 50 Well, like Gelson's is like... Gelson's is nice. With like, and everything costs $2 more. Yeah, but it's yeah. exactly the same it's stuff, the same right? shit yeah, I mean, Ralph's, And then yeah. Pavilions is sort of between those two. I mean, Tesco's is, I guess, better than Ralph's. Probably not quite as good as Gelson's, but they're massive. Um, it's well, like, a huge chain. They go from everything to the size of this table, which is a small table, everybody, um, where you go at like 10 p.m. at night to get an egg or something like that, to a superstore, to a huge, huge super, bigger so than like supermarkets over here. Then. It's like a target-sized target supermarket, basically. So they sell more stuff than just food. They do some uh, targety stuff. You usually have that upstairs. But, you know, the supermarket is enormous, the section alone. I remember coming over here thinking, when when I was a kid, how big these supermarkets are in America, because they weren't that big. But then the UK sort of the, what do they call it? Uh, extra. With, they call it Tesco Extra, which is just they're enormous. I mean, they are like a bigger. They're like Target in uh, Westside, but probably bigger. Probably like half as much again. Huh. On top of that, the the Tesco Extras. So at least he, I mean, he went for one that you well, know. It's also run by Jews, so. Tesco is Tesco's originally Jewish, yeah. So yeah, yeah. we did. We, we don't know about his. Um... Probably not going to get money out of them, though. <laughs> well, that was his history. Well, that's, that's the thing. It it's wrong. like if he's. So what? What's he trying to do here? So, so look. I mean, so to to, to sort of sum it up this this a sheep farmer, which 
in its own self, the word sheep farmer, just I can't get past them. Well, without, I think it means something else in Wales. I mean, in Wales, then um, there's all sorts of stuff that you can go with that. Um, he's been convicted of two counts of contaminating food, which is interesting. You know, the, 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 the crime is contaminating food, you know, where he's putting like shards of broken glass <laughs> yeah it's like it's kind of what they they put that as the same as like what like you know accidentally um not screwing a top on them well enough and like maybe a, a, a drop of uh marmite spilling to baby food or something that's that's what i always think of con- contamination but... what's, it, what's interesting here though is that well i mean he's trying to he's well let's carry on the story but well, i was trying to compare this to the tylenol do you remember the tylenol murders oh yeah i, I vaguely yeah. someone was like putting poison capsule tylenol yeah. putting them back on shelves yeah but he wasn't doing what this guy was doing so i think it was tylenol putting it you think tylenol is doing well it? i think tesco i mean the, the, you know to, to get to the point was going to make um, this is i never heard about this until now i'm sure it's a conspiracy by the uh, Zionists of Tesco. Um, so he's facing up to 14 years, hasn't been sentenced yet. He demanded £1.5 million from Tesco's after lacing baby food with razor sharp shards of metal. How do you come up with that amount? I mean, 1.5. I mean, wouldn't you go for two? I mean, well, yeah, I mean it doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was the way he valued, you know, like each. But, but the guy, the Tylenol murders, first of all, unsolved. Second of all, there was no guy demanding money it was just a serial serial killer just some crazy serial killer whereas this guy you know he was doing a ransom payment but how like how are you going to give this guy 1.5 million pounds well this is i mean it just it just gets more wonderful more wonderful um not for the mothers obviously two mothers found the metal fragments when they were feeding their children after wright began his two-year campaign in the spring of 2018 the married father of two I don't know if he did it to his own kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, you think he is. Well, then we have kids. a whole, you know, maybe that's where the half million comes from. Just, you know, a bit, bit loopy on that on that front. Threatened to inject tins of fruit with cyanide and salmonella unless the supermarket giant handed over the cash in Bitcoin. Uh, he's not stupid, this man. So he's, do- okay, I guess that makes sense. You could do anonymous Bitcoin then. Yeah, because it's all numbers, it's just yeah. encrypted numbers, isn't you- it? But even though with Bitcoin, for you to withdraw the Bitcoin and put it into your account, there's still a trail, a data trail. There isn't, though, is it? Because each number is generated randomly. So every time you do a Bitcoin transaction... There's no way to trace it? The numerical value is different, I believe. So it generates a number which uh, is is sent to the origin bank. The origin bank only, I believe this is right, only has that particular numerical value for that transaction and it would never be used again so that number would then but, be deleted from existence but if you had the cash deposit in a bitcoin account then you could just transfer it to another bitcoin account and there's no way to track where that money went well you can now get cash out directly out of um um virtual currency accounts can't you yeah but you'd have to what i'm saying is like so Tesco deposits 1.5 million pounds mm. into a Bitcoin account mm-hmm. that the guy provided. Mm-hmm. So that money's sitting there. How would you get the money? With a Bitcoin ATM card. You can do that now. You can go and get cash from... 1.5 million pounds? Well, you know, you'd have to do it bit by bit, obviously. Well, you you'd know. be able to track that, though. Um, you would have to... 
Well, the Bitcoin—that's clever because it's a laundering system. Yeah, yeah. It's the Bitcoin a way to kind of launders it. it the best way you can. How can they tell where if they never find out who it is? You know, why would it flag anything? Because it's now gone. It's laundered through the Bitcoin account, and then it comes out into another account. I mean, I guess that's what you'd have to do. Is just a way to transfer it to a different. Account. I think he had everything right, except perhaps putting the pieces of glass in the, you know, was a bit naughty. <laughs> Metal shards. You know, it, so it, I read here that uh, his signature that he used is pretty, uh, pretty novel. It's kind of very similar to the signature you use on your emails. <laughs> I was going to say, you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> the signature is um, somewhere down here. Uh, what's the signature again? He said uh, he signed off his emails and letters. Guy Brush, oh yeah, the Dairy yes. Pirates, and Tinkerbell, the Naughty Fairy. It, it's so wonderful that you know that I, it overwhelmed me, and I just couldn't, I couldn't remember it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's great, and it's something quite British about it, isn't there? You know, um, it's a good name for a. Band. It is a good name. Good it's name almost like a, a Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, it could be a band, or it's Guy a Monty Brush Python and character. Di- and the Dairy Pirates, I like that. It's it's. You know, it's got a rhythm to it. Yeah, and maybe he in, in prison, um, he can get a prison band going. Yeah, I can see he can that. He can get his 1.5 million. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre story, isn't it? But unlike sort of the Tylenol one or, you know, these other, um, you know, mass sort of poisoning attempts, there is purpose to it. You've got to hand it, you know. Well, he was doing, holding him for ransom. Holding for ransom. Yeah. But... Um, it sort of is ridiculous, really, that he didn't expect to get caught. I mean, or was he one of these people that deep down wanted to be caught? Well, this is the part that confuses me. So he did. I mean, there were nationwide recalls on uh, this food. Telling so, you I it mean, was Tesco's all along. So, which must cost the company a lot of money, though. Um, but here it was saying that a detective poses a Tesco employee to hand him over 100,000 pounds of cryptocurrency. Why would you do that? Like you set up a Bitcoin, wouldn't you be like with an anonymous email address, deposit in this account? What was he going to get? Like one of those big checks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the dumbest the thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like supermarkets do. Like here's what you get for, <laughs> for putting big, glass and metal into a baby Bitcoin food. Check. It's like, dude, why are you? You don't need to be glass like, and metal supplier of the year. <laughs> it's like you don't need to be the Tesco employee. Like this guy's the dumbest. It's the dumbest supervillain I think I've ever. I mean, heard it's, of. but it's weird. It's so dumb, but it's tinged with like quite, you know, smart. The idea of laundering money through a Bitcoin account, I guess, is that slightly redeemed. If you could do it properly, if it... but he can't do it properly. That's true. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to look. You... I always try to look for the best in people, David. You know, okay, it's like, okay maybe. you know, and and, and um, yes, you could argue that putting metal into baby food has a negative connotation, but <laughs> <laughs> tearfully, right, told jurors, my wife would have been really scared. If I told her, she would have probably gone to the police and I would have gotten into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, he didn't tell his wife anything about this. Because he, he thought he might get into trouble. This is great. He nice. was, so he's more scared of his wife than the police. He said, which, which makes sense. I've gone to the police and I would have gotten into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I would have gone to the police and confessed the uh, 12 murders, but I didn't because I was really worried my wife might be pissed off. <laughs> 
<laughs> I imagine she probably was. Like, what just a says stupid, it all. I'm sure she was just like, don't get married, everybody. Well, she probably was just like, why wouldn't you just give them an anonymous Bitcoin account, you dumbass? You don't need to go meet the person. Yeah, I was on edge this whole time. I, I like that one on edge. Glass. Nerd, yeah. Yeah. I should never have got involved. I should have gone to the police. Well, he does say this, and this is kind of uh, another thing I find kind of funny. You know, instead of the, the guy that was fucking his mom, who was just like, I don't know what happened. This guy does actually blame someone. He says he went, he, he emailed these letters to Tesco demanding money because he was forced to by a gang of gypsies. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is the most credible part of this no entire good story. No good gypsies. There's a lot of gypsies in the UK, aren't and there? And that takes us back to Hitler. Oh, yeah. Hitler didn't like the gypsies either. You see? No gypsies, no dwarves, no Jews. What do you do? It all comes back there. Um, he claimed that these gypsies came to his farm, threatened to kill his children and rape his wife unless he paid them £500,000. That's believable. <laughs> but then why was his ransom more than, what, three times that? Well, you see, uh, that's again psychological damage. Um, you know, the years of therapy with a thousand dollar an hour psychiatrist, um, bound to happen, bound to happen. Yeah. So the travelers, you know, forced him to do this. And, uh, I think he, he, yeah, didn't want to tell his wife cause she'd be upset and didn't want to tell the police because he felt like, you know, what are they gonna his do? wife would be upset. What are they going to do? It was, yeah. a, it was, a, it was an impossible situation. He wanted to tell the police badly, but he didn't, couldn't bring himself to tell his wife. Had he told the police? Nice his wife would have found out. Well, do you think she'd been more upset about the gypsies or the, uh, the gypsies definitely, or the, or the you know, the I fact mean, that he's, have, he's, he's blackmailing Tesco. Have you not seen my big fat gypsy wedding on, on UK television? I'm sure most people out there would have done. That's all we need to know. Maybe you should remake that small <laughs> fat gypsy wedding and get a bunch of gypsy dwarves with a guy who puts metal pieces. <laughs> Where did, so I, I read that he wrote a thread here. Imagine a baby's mouth cut open, blood yeah. pouring out the inside of the belly, cut and bleeding. What is worse? Having the kid eat something like that, which is terrible. It means terrible to have your child eat that. Or becoming if a Republican. He was putting, okay, that's bad too. Or if he was putting semen in it. <laughs> and so you find out when your kid ate a couple glass shards or your kid saw the guy's semen. Or your kid was given enough protein to live a long few years and have healthy bones i hope you never have children <laughs> anyway what do you mean the guy uh, the guy got there. caught maximum term for blackmail is 14 years which i was and the maximum for contaminated goods is 10 years that's a long time for a uk prison sentence i mean i can't wait for the sentencing when the judge goes you did with malice of forethought take shards of glass <laughs> With his like, place curly, them, like the white wig. And place them into jars of baby food. And then on top of that, you've refused to go to the police because I quote, you didn't want your wife to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that it's like in the UK, they, they probably, if, if something like this happened, you'd be like, well, these black guys like tried to you know force me to do it. But or in the US, that's what happened. But in the UK... Yeah. They're like gypsies. Gypsies, exactly. Yeah. You know. You blame and, the gypsies for everything. And your and your citing Mr. Wright of gypsies is terrible. Appalling. Terrible. I mean, nobody here likes gypsies, but <laughs> people send your story, second podcast, gmail.com. We have some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from Adam and Eve. D Simon. 
Lance Wackerly. Some folks call them podcrafters. I call them assholes. Mm-hmm. I reckon I better tell you my sick and wrong story. Mm-hmm. I looked in the window and caught my mama working herself good with some sort of pussy toy. Mm-hmm. Some folks call it a rotating G-spot vibrating dildo from adamandeve.com. I call it a pussy toy, kind of shaped like a nanner. Mm-hmm. I guess my mama entered the cold word diddle at checkout and got 50% off almost any item. Three free adult DVDs and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it. Mm-hmm. I reckon I'll get back to my biscuits and mustard and jerking off to D and Lance. That's funny and queer, not funny, haha. So we got a few phone calls to get to here. Uh, 323-522-4032. Uh, this first guy. So last week when uh, Harrison said he needed a break and uh, I had to find another host to do Patreon, Harrison was like, I contacted Schlitzy. So Schlitzy is like one of our, a long-time listener. But I would say his whiny voice is as bad as mine. Maybe it's oh. close. Yeah. It's, so the two of us together, it's pretty bad. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like nails on a chalkboard. You needed me. Anyway, this guy calls in to comment on that. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to call in with a couple notes. Uh, couple first of notes. all, I like Dean Harrison. I like Schlitzy and Harrison. I don't like Schlitzy and D. First of all, you guys have these. You know, to Who's be B? honest, no, Schlitzy oh, D. and D and me. Oh, I will say that. The thing is with Schlitzy, it's really easy to do the show with him because, or to do Patreon, the timing as well. First of all, he does his own podcast. But second, he's been listening to the show for so long, like since like 2009. He's been listening to the show for so long. He knows my timing very well. So, and, you know, Harrison's done it a few times with him, too. But just to do the show with him, it's pretty easy. Um, but he's a, oh, he's a deviant, Schlitzy. Is he? Oh, yeah. In what way? Oh, God, he was, like, done every drug on the planet. Good, good. And not to mention, like, you know, give handjobs to hobos to get more money to get drugs. <laughs> I mean, no, How do you get money off a hobo? Aren't they? Well, whatever. I think he just was, a, he was a hobo giving out handjobs. Anyway... Schlitzy has an interesting, a colored background, if you will. <laughs> a colorful background, if you will. Say, don't be racist. Yeah, colorful background there. Um, but he's a, good, he's a good co-host, so I disagree with this guy. Although the two of our, our voices together, though. Where's Oof. Schlitzy from? New Jersey. Oh, God. Yeah. Annoying, high-pitched, whiny voices. I can barely tell the fucking two of you apart. So no, please, <laughs> no more of that. Uh <laughs> Look, second, um, D, shut the fuck up about people fucking not wearing masks, for fuck's sake. You, for the last, what, 16 or 14 years, you've run a show basically mocking people who are going through horrific and just terrifying situations, and now you're like, wear a mask they blast? Give me a fucking break, man. It- all right. All right. First of <laughs> he all, really first is of all, fucking kicking you're you a cunt. First of all, second of all, I don't give a shit about saving lives. That's not why I'm, I want people to wear a mask. I can care less if your mom dies, your kid dies. I don't give a shit about people dying. What I give a shit about is me not being able to go to a fucking bar. 
if it if it takes wearing a mask for two months, mm-hmm. everybody wearing a fucking there. mask for two months, so I can so bars open up, so I can go get a fucking drink, so I can go to a fucking strip club, so I can go to a store after ten p.m. I'm wearing a mask. I don't care. I just I want to I want to be able to go to a bar. Tell us the real reason. <laughs> You're a cunt too. But anyway, I don't care. I don't give a shit about saving lives though. And fuck it. I actually think, I hope the body count goes up higher so it makes Trump look worse. Here speaketh the Jew. <laughs> Everybody wore a mask and nothing bad ever happened to anyone. You wouldn't have a show. So give me a fucking break. I'd be able to go to a fucking bar though, you <laughs> cunt. And third, can we get a female fan to come fuck Harrison, please? Because, you know... I know everybody gave him a lot of shit when he first came on after Wackerly, but good lord. But we need to get his spirits up. You tried I do that. it myself, but I don't think I'm his type. So, all right. Love you, fuckers. Bye. You know, I got to agree with the third point. I mean, he's a, he's a prophet. No, that dude needs to get laid. I think that Harrison dude needs to Harrison. get laid. No, I, well, both. But I think, <laughs> I think Harrison needs to get laid because he was so depressed last weekend. And maybe, maybe that will, I don't even know if that would work, actually. Something. Something. Um, but I agree. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll take like uh, do a GoFundMe or something or a competition. Well, got, who wants to have sex with Harrison? I mean, we've got plenty of friends who could sort of mix up some opioids for him for at least the ninety minutes. I mean, he might get. Addicted. I don't know if opioids are that. Well, they, they make you feel they, good. He went, went to rehab to get off of those. Oh, he did. Yeah, many times. That there you go. Then rehab, as everybody knows, is for quitters. So Harrison. Get well, but get back on heroin, opium, whatever it is, whatever it is. Get back on it for God's sake. I'm thinking we're going to do like a uh, crowdfunding thing of let's get Harrison laid. (laughs) We'll get, we'll hire um, maybe a sexy dwarf. Maybe that's, maybe that's what he needs. A sexy dwarf. Who doesn't need a sexy dwarf? I think you're you're onto a winner here, but I do think you have to get him back on the, on the, uh, on the smack Opioid. yeah on the smack that's not a good idea train spotting stuff <laughs> you might develop a Scottish accent and then actually be funny <laughs> with a Scottish accent well if he d- like, you know like Michael Myers <laughs> yeah, yeah that works <laughs> anyway um, I agree with your third point your first two points don't do, uh, don't agree with it at all so don't ever listen to the show again you're saying <laughs> fuck off mate although i was thinking about that too i think we even commented on that i was like god our voices together it's just it's just awful i haven't heard this geezer's voice oh it's awful it's awful it's worse than well i don't know if it's worse than mine but it's up there i'd say it's about it's on par with mine a british fan or a british listener say the same thing do you think i don't know you guys all think americans all sound like do an american accent I like, mean, can you do one? I can't do an American accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. See, I can do a good British accent. What's wrong with that? That did not sound like... You... Yeah, but that's because you, you're you predisposed to th- knowing that no, I'm a Brit. No, because you know I how to do it. I could walk into a bar, mate, and I could, you know... I do could... an American accent. Yeah. yeah, but I could go into England. Didn't I do... Ha- I did a fucking Hamlet in American accent. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> I could go into a bar in England and I'd just be like, I won the competition. Hello, governor. How are you? Oh my God. I'll take a pint, please. And I sound so you're right. English. You're right. I mean, <laughs> you know, Dick Van Dyke. 
brilliant. Oh, no, I know. Could you get a could you get a chimney? Could you dress like a chimney sweep <laughs> broomstick? Do a little jig. Hello, Gabna. You got a pinch your nose. Oh, Mary. <laughs> All right, moving on. This is one of my favorite British uh, celebrities right here. One of my favorite British celebrities. He's calling in with a story from a club that he worked at a while ago before he became famous. Hi, guys. Warwick Davis here again. Warwick Davis. Just I'll give you another little story from my dim and distant past when it used to be a bit more... You look so surprised that Warwick Davis will listen to the show. It's a Warwick Davis that's not the Warwick Davis. No, this is the Warwick Davis. The, 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 the... He's a diminutive fellow. <laughs> Doesn't sound like him. Yeah, he do. Are you sure? He's got the voice. All these years. Have you, haven't you heard his voice? Yeah, it Listen doesn't to sound voice. like him. This is, this is what... Uh, Life's uh, too short. But this is what Dinklage, his real voice, would sound like. Interesting than it is now. <laughs> um, yeah, as a kid, I used to go to this uh, nightclub, uh, like a bit of a cabaret club. Had a, a trans DJ had uh, various acts on there you say a trans a DJ? trans dj does that mean somebody who transfers between clubs <laughs> was he saying trans or trance oh we see that's a very good point i think he said trans and this shows you how nuanced yeah. the british english um, language is. where's he from warwick davis i don't know doesn't, is he from warwick is that where warwick, you is warwick castle yeah you could look it up there's a lot of dwarves in castles aren't there so. <laughs> With jesters. Bands, uh, comedians, uh, had uh, in-house strippers. There's a sexy Sue and Stan the Man were there every week. Uh, <laughs> this is not Warwick Davis. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with English strip clubs? Wait a minute. Wait sexy a minute. Sexy Sue and Stan the Man. Wait, do you have when you go to a strip club in England? Are I mean, there men and women how can stripping? You, how can you? Um, I think the men stripping is sort of this classic English sort of what we do after we've had a few drinks. You know, men stripping, but then putting on the women's clothes. There is method to the madness. That's what Brits like Wait, to do. Have you not Brits ever seen do. Monty Python's Flying Circus? Oh yeah, I guess they do. I they mean, do. we love a lot to of do cross-dressing that. Cross-dressing in that. Oh my god! I mean, how can you not think as anything as sexy as cross-dressing? Do you do that when you go dogging? I mean, I I put knickers on. <laughs> I have to admit, um, and um, you know, I've tried, it, you know, I've tried like um, suffocating myself um, with with a pair like of Marks and Spencer knickers, not Tesco's, not Tesco's knickers. No, not Tesco's. Because I might cut myself now, but. Um, that isn't Warwick Davis. Oh, it's, no, it is Warwick Davis. We're still going here. I liked you that much. I actually became a glass collector there. So there's actually paid glass collector. And basically watching the show and doing what I'd do if I was there as a paying punter. So, uh, yeah, great, great job to take me through college. Um, Stan the Man, he used to, <laughs> the song Electric Dreams. He used oh, to do one of his electric. Can you dreams. play that? Can you play a bit of that, right, or is that not allowed? No, let's look it up. Let's see here. By uh, hum, by Human League, it's great. Let's see. So Stan the Man would be doing his act during uh, Electric Dreams. Here is it a Human League song? Mm-hmm. Great song from um, the film. It's called Electric Dreams. Together in Electric Dreams. It's called Together in Electric Dreams. Is it? Yeah. No, 
I saw the Human League perform this live. Bet you did. Recently, not. to that. So every time I hear that song now, I can't help but picture Stan the Man in his like uh, fishnet <laughs> g-string with his pretty lengthy shrong. He used to do this trick where he'd get somebody's pint, usually a full one. He'd dip his knob in and touch the bottom of the pint glass and then give it back to them. Uh, yeah, quite quite a trick. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he, he does crap up when I hear that song, kind of spoils the song for me a bit. But uh, also, yeah, Sexy Sue, she was great. Um, and then, well, so... Wait, so this I can just guy, picture it. Thank you for that. I can now picture it with the music. Marvelous. You can picture a guy putting his dick in the in your pint. It sounds so much better with the Human League song Electric Dreams. <laughs> we'll always be together forever I, in Electric Dreams. I'm still bewildered by these English strip clubs. So you go to a strip club, you watch a woman strip, and then you watch a guy strip and put his dick in your pint. You say this as if there's something wrong with it. <laughs> just, it's, it just doesn't happen here. I work at strip clubs here. Well, that well, says everything you want to know about the United States, doesn't it? <laughs> you just, don't put your knob in a drink. Then you're not a, you're not a civilized society. No wonder 200,000 of you are dead from I COVID. I guess whatever blows your dress up, you know. <laughs> I was friends with like the the head barman. So when we'd have other strippers on, we had like the Sunday Sport Roadshow, which was like a group of girls that traveled around and did their thing. And they were up in the changing area, upstairs above the stage. So my friend, the head of the, the bar, he, he gave me a, a tray full of drinks to take up to these girls. And as a, a young lad walking into this room of yeah, just topless girls with G-strings on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Must admit, I kind of <laughs> kept my eye on the uh, on the drinks and on on their eyes, and then politely gave it to them and disappeared. But still, yeah, it was a, a memorable memorable little event for me. Uh, there's another story I want to tell you about there, though. Uh, I'll probably have to tell you that on the next call. <laughs> You know, this is probably pre-Willow. Probably... I'm, I'm about as convinced of these stories I'm a, as I am that that's Warwick Davis. <laughs> it is Warwick Davis. It's not. It was pre-Willow. I would say, like, I'm trying to think what other movies he did back then. It's Warwick Davis, oh, the plumber. Was, I bet you it was before he was Wicked, the Ewok. Uh, you know he was Wicked. Possibly, yes. So this would have been... Before that, probably he was in acting school and he was doing this to supplement his income, you know, make a little bit of money. Well, they, you know, they don't make a, a very, they make very low amount. Short. Very low amount. <laughs> All right, we got to stop that. Quid. You can't. It's like you such can't. A, this isn't like an ableist podcast. Oh, no, British <laughs> people love to say that. Um, and thank you, Warwick Davis. I love hearing from this guy. All right, moving on. Uh, this next guy, this guy... Reminds me a lot of you. Of me? Actually, yeah. Marshall Island Tony. Um, of course. <laughs> you guys are, no, you guys are very similar in many ways. I bet you he also probably looks a bit like Mr. Bean. Maybe. But anyway, here's Marshall I'm Island be Tony. deleting these Mr. Bean references out. <laughs> uh, Marshall Island Tony here is calling in about Thailand. Have you been to Thailand? Yes, I have. have, you, have did you ever get like a trans... 
prostitute there? I mean, is anybody ever followed? Have you been to Thailand without that question? <laughs> I mean, but it's like, you were know? you in Bangkok? Did you? <laughs> I, I did don't you? even need to say what it is. It's just like, yeah, take a, accidentally take a transfer. How did you know, to... though, that it was different? Like, I, did it feel, feel like I the whole tell was you, I never said I took anybody back to my hotel. <laughs> Wait, was she, Pong, okay. I miss you. Was Sorry. she pre-op or post? I think um, it was sort of the problem with the situation was is the operation was sort of happening in a mobile fashion as like I took her back. No, the doctors were there at the time. Oh, so, wait, so I, I, you, you must know, have paid a lot of money for that. Back. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, you know, it's one thing to bring her back to your hotel, give them a bed for the night, but bringing her back with a surgical team then, you know, but was the original thing to do. I, I can't recommend it highly that, enough. If you're into it. Um, my dad, Marshall and Tony did that, but you know this guy has a lot of experience in Thailand. Hey, it's Tony. Um, when I heard that call, that girl talking about getting a soapy in Thailand, uh, I knew I had a call. And this still some girl called in and said that she was with her fiance in Thailand, and they both got hookers. Like she, she took a bath with one, and kind of like I think the, the hooker ate her out or whatever. And her fiance went to another room. It didn't even have sex with the with the hooker, because it had a had a. Big... Well, maybe, but he just like whacked off. It was like, dude, your wife is like, or your fiance is taking you to Thailand. And was just like, here's a hooker for you. Why wouldn't you shag her? Was it a dwarf? No, maybe that's the problem. Uh, maybe he's in the dwarves. My wisdom on Harrison because I have a little experience in that field. Um, Harrison hates Marshall Island Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Does Marshall Island, Marshall Island Tony know that Harrison hates him? Oh, yeah. I, I Well, I, I think it's a love-hate thing, personally. Oh, uh, one of those. Yeah. So they would fuck. <laughs> anyway, years, years back, um, I went to Thailand with a girlfriend, um, which is not something you normally want to do, but um, she paid her way. Bring sand to the so, beach. Anyway, we were there a few days, and I, and I talked to her, and they're going to get a you know, special massage. You know, I didn't give her all the details, but I think she had a pretty good idea what it entailed. And so anyway, we went to this um, massage place. And if you ever been to one of those in Thailand, um, you go in the in the building, and there's um, a bunch of girls sitting behind, like like in the display area behind glass. And so you sit outside and have a drink and choose the one the ones you want. I and, think um, he's got it confused with Amsterdam, quite personally. Wait, have you? Is that how it works? Over no, there? like you go. No. Well, they sing behind glass. It's Amsterdam. Well, in Amsterdam, it's like red light district. But how is it? How does it work over there? Are they, in, I heard it was like there's. You go into like a bar. You go or to a, strip a bar, and they 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 uh, allegedly go into a bar, and um, they just don't leave you alone when you're watching Everton playing Manchester City and trying to sit quietly, and then follow you to the next place, which happens to be a very very good restaurant where they be- make the best vegetables you've ever had. That's what I've heard happen. And then they follow you back to your hotel. And then uh, supposedly after that, they um, uh, go with you. They get into your taxi, uh, which they want to then take you to another restaurant, which you go and have a coffee, and then eventually you get back to the hotel um that's what i've heard happens why don't you skip the restaurants and go straight to the hotel well i i agree um but, but i'm heard... saying this what might have happened to somebody who might have done that that's supposedly <laughs> the procedure <laughs> what i've heard sleazy e when uh, a friend of mine that was on the show sleazy e yeah sleazy e used to go over there a lot that sounds like a character a breaking bad easy e, sleazy e right well doesn't easy e, doesn't walter e. like you know 
chain around his neck. Wait, are you thinking about Jerry Maguire? Like, was there a Sleazy E character you wrote into Again, Jerry Maguire? They wouldn't take it. Again, you complete me. Took everything. <laughs> everything. You know, to be honest, I've never even seen the Cameron, film. Cameron, I would never say it on the air, but you're a cunt. <laughs> Wait. Um, anyway, Sleazy E said what he would do, or what typically happened, you go to a bar. And there's, I forget the name of the bar. I have a funny kind of rock and roll name. And you just pick one, and you're just like, you have her the whole night. Like, you can go, you could go out for coffee. Yeah. Or you can go back to the hotel, you can go see a movie. You, you have her, basically, You, you can for play the whole chess. Night. You can, you know, like, talk about, you know, deep Eastern yeah. philosophy. I mean, you can watch the Republican National Convention. Oh, that, oh I like it. <laughs> That's why you present a show. That's a and good I idea. And I present a show. That's a good idea. Um, anyway. Anyway, all the, some of the girls are kind of sitting together as like couples, and they kind of like those ones like to work as a team, and those especially like were trying to get us to choose them. I think it's because it, they like couples because it kind of makes their job easier. But anyway, so we chose a couple, and we go into the the room, and there's a big bed, and so you take off your clothes, get on the bed, and they start giving us massages, and um, I look over at my girlfriend, her freaking nips are. Picking up my totem pole, so I this is, this is gonna wait work. a minute, wait a minute, stop, stop, stop. Totem this poles. suddenly got ridiculous. She had hard nipples, or did he take Indian Amer- Native American paraphernalia to tie them oh, with that's him? Interesting. I mean, because then I feel like a twat. Then this guy is clearly uh, somebody should be taken seriously and respected very highly. Well, I'm, I'm, the thing is with Marshall Island Tony. He's like a pervert that has been perverted on countries across the world. Oh, I see. This is why you think you have well, this idea the... about me being, you know. <laughs> you guys are very similar. Yeah. I think you get are. along swimmingly. Yeah, right. How many World so Cups has he been to? So after the the <laughs> one girl takes girlfriend to the top. Because of the design of it, I couldn't really see what they're doing, but you can hear some laughing and giggling in there. And then S- Similar to the girl that called in, they, they take him to a bathtub. Like did, when you were in Thailand, did you have to take a bath with your? Yeah, hooker? and I woke up with a kidney missing. <laughs> I bet you they threw that kidney away. Yeah, it wasn't any good to yeah. them. They <laughs> no, actually brought it back and sewed it back into they me. They probably so did. No, it's more can, insulting than actually back. losing it. A little while later, she gets out of the tub with that girl, and then I go in with the other girl. And then during that time, she starts giving my girl, girlfriend a soapy. And if you don't know how the soapy. A soapy. A soapy. Oh yeah, that's when um, that's when you get uh, two bars of soap and compare them and say, you know, which one, you know, uh, is more effective than the other. It's like the Pepsi challenge. Remember the Pepsi oh, challenge? Okay, and you like compare yeah. the soaps. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Oh, it could be taking work, a bar of soap, um, sticking it up. You know, you that's... lay down on the floor on this on this air mattress, and the grill Sorry, soaps you all an up. Air mattress. But they're in a hotel room where he's just said there's a well, big bed. Well, he was saying that the, the, the soapy, which it must be a treatment. He just happened to it. wait a minute. He just happened to have brought an air mattress. No, they, she said, or there's a bed with a mattress. Like they went with yeah. the hookers' this yeah. room, the hooker room, and there's like a a bed with a mattress. Then there's a tub. And next to the tub is an air mattress. Oh, that I'm they sorry. Soap you this up is on. actually not his hotel. This is upstairs, as it were. Yeah, upstairs from the. Or uh, this sounds like just like a massage parlor. I love the fact that there is an air mattress next to a, <laughs> to a tub. 
they come prepared. And then uses her body to oh, she's no, massage you all your body with her in body. And so I'm watching that and you know, getting pretty excited. And then eventually she takes my girlfriend over to the bed and gets out a vibrator and gets her off. And during that time, I'm getting my soapy, you know, getting totally worked up. And so after that, I, had to, I run over and had to throw it in my girlfriend quick. And it didn't last long because I was pretty pumped up. But, but it was, wait, wait, wait. Did I missed you go the last fuck part. his girlfriend? Oh, no, I missed that. Go back. All right, I'm rewinding. Go back this. 30 seconds. Over to the bed and gets out of vibrator and gets her off and during that time i'm getting my soapy you know getting totally worked up and so after that i had to run over and had to throw it in my girlfriend quick and what did he say i just talking some sort of nonsense I maybe couldn't, I, couldn't I think he's speaking it. thai very suddenly and then goes back to english wait let me rewind it just a little bit and and during that time i'm getting my soapy you know getting totally worked up and so after that i had to I run over and had to throw it in my girlfriend quick and didn't laugh. I, I think he went over and fucked his girlfriend in front of the hookers. Do you know what the first thing I heard was? Was that he said about his rental agreement. <laughs> That's what you think. He's not I think about maybe that. he gets off on, you know, thinking about which apartment. <laughs> he's, you know, maybe holds up, you know, this contract of um, California Housing Committee. Impossible. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I was pretty pumped up, but. But it was anyway, good experience. Uh, certainly a lot better than that night in the. Marsh Islands with you know who, so uh, I highly recommend it if you ever had the chance. Okay, what right. to take to get, to his girlfriend soaked up, by a soaked up and then hold up a rental agreement? I'm what I don't understand is why would you bone your girlfriend? You got two Thai hookers there. Why well, would you bone one of them? This bloke clearly, clearly, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Clearly went to Thailand alone. <laughs> Oh, wait. So you think there's no there's girlfriend? There's no girlfriend. This is classic. Classic. What is this, like manifestation syndrome? Like, uh, See, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, this is this one is of why these you sad two are so cases. similar, yeah. because you have the same psyche, like the same thought process. You're saying the girlfriends I took to Thailand? <laughs> well, he calls in talking about, like, having sex with, like, young prostitutes in Alaska, in the Marshall Islands, in the Philippines. He's, yeah. he's gone around and fucked brown girls, like, across the world. And where was his quote-unquote girlfriend? I don't think he's ever had a girlfriend. No, now you see. No, I agree <laughs> with So that. who was this person? But you don't have a girlfriend either. So both of you are very similar. You should meet up with Marshall Island Tony. I, you know, that is true. He doesn't have a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I mean, it's like we're identical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he looks like a Paki Mr. Pakistani Mr. Me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Six, of, I mean, you know, dying for a dozen, mate. <laughs> People call Sigmar Hotline 323-522-4032. Um, we gotta Can I dial it? You could if you want. And do an American accent and show you. Yeah, you're a great American accent. I'm sure I'll be fooled. Uh, people, best way to support the show is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Sign up. We do appreciate that. You do help out the show. Uh, this week, um, you know, we do uh, extra, phone, extra phone calls. We do an extra story. But this week, you get to hear an elongated outtake. It's a very long, detailed outtake about Gadsby's COVID <laughs> orgy in Tulum. I mentioned a little bit earlier, but it doesn't do it just. You got to hear him. Wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. How much do they have to pay to listen to this? 
It's five dollars, and then you get it. It's got to be five hundred bucks. That's it. <laughs> All the people I, don't I even know think are it's poor. Worth Two dollars personally. All the but... people I know are poor. So please, please make it more expensive. But you can hear about Gadsby. It's not me. Gadsby's orgy. It's Marshall. What's his name? Eight who's men. Eight men. Two women. Eight men, two women. And this is where he's like, it's his favorite. He calls it a mini orgy. Yeah, at one point. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Uh, check it out today. Uh, finally, here's sick and wrong song of the week. I have to do this to Terror of Tiny Town. Because it was funny. It's, I, I watched Terror of Tiny Town, and I was thinking, I was like, there's a dead Kennedy song that would be perfect for this movie. So maybe if you remake it, you should use this song. Oh, brilliant. Dead Kennedys did a cover of the theme from Rawhide. You remember that? I love Rawhide. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Dead Kennedys. Oh, I love the Dead Kennedys. Joe Biafra covers uh, Rawhide. It's off of Plastic Surgery Disasters. and God, we trust the split. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a perfect song to think about dwarves on, on Shetland ponies riding around. Like, I mean, just in my mind, I was like, God, this would be great in the remake of Terror of Tiny Town. Anyway, um, we're going to end the show here. Dead Kennedys doing rawhide gatsby thank you for co-hosting the show people check out gatsby's england podcast what's the no gatsby's england.com is uh it's all about the england football team uh where there's been nothing going on completely however we are playing uh iceland next week in reykjavik i should be going there and then denmark in copenhagen england are back that's Wait, what we do is it has it all been on hold for covid yeah the um uh Premier League season was basically suspended in uh, March. They resumed it without crowds, which is still the most bizarre Fucking, thing I I've ever seen. Yeah, you can hear the players so swearing. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's so weird. Um, but the national team hasn't played for like... 200 days i think it's the first time in history oh, that england have not weird. have not played so yeah. uh and so um i haven't eaten for all that time because uh it's drained my my resources shall we say i'm not talking about my other resources so um but england are finally they're uh, back in action it's starting up against again against yeah uh in reykjavik what an amazing Who place are they playing iceland that's oh, kind of oh, okay, where okay. reykjavik so is which England? This is the England national yeah, team. Yeah. All right. I always get confused. Yeah. The Americans do. I, do. Yeah. I don't know. This is like the World Cup, you know, teams, you know, representing their country. But this is a little tournament called the Nations League. No offense. So I just stop now. A, no offense. It's a sports. It's a sport played by women in this country, just so you know. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Women are really good soccer says players. Says somebody who follows baseball. We call it rounders. I, I don't. I don't even follow and baseball. It's played in skirts. I was happy with COVID because I'm like. Well, finally, now we don't have to watch sports anymore. Oh, you don't like sports at all, do you? I don't care. You do no. like if it's dwarf th throwing, right? Would you watch I, that? Now, well, if there are dwarves doing... If it was a pure dwarf league of sports, I would probably watch I'm that. I'm surprised you didn't immediately go for dwarf throwing there. I love it. That That is the response I expected. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like What's it's actually hesitation? kind of rude. I feel like it's rude. Do it's you? disrespectful. It, you're, tossing, you're tossing people. It's terrible. Listen, it's like boxing. They choose to well, do it and I've heard dwarves who are tossed I don't know I think I think personally I think it's taking advantage of their height well I mean I yeah. think I think you know when you ask horses if they want to race then um, well they probably wouldn't want to do it but if there are a bunch of dwarves playing soccer I'd probably watch that um, Maradona and Messi 
<laughs> anyway, gadsbysengland.com. Uh, gadsbysengland.com. And then we have, uh, go to facebook.com slash gadsbysengland. Find our YouTube channel as well, gadsbysengland. I can't even find it, so maybe if somebody out there can. Um, <laughs> we've, got, anyway. we've got a show coming up in the next few days about the fixtures next week with right. Gadsby Jr. It's so sad I have to introduce it with my brother. Oh, wow. Who changes you... his hair color like every week. How old's your brother? Um, younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that number? So he's like 52 or something? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you for calling us to the show. People will be back next week with episode 755. Until then, take soon. Oh, damn. Well, let's do a tune called Rawhide, okay? Goddamn tape's rolling. Let's go. Let's move about! One, two, three, four! Keep rolling, rolling, rolling! Talking from our listeners' perspective? <laughs> Both. Yeah.